If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Patrice. I'm Marleo. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're drinking slow gin fizz. Yes. Just like Aerosmith demanded. Absolutely. And we've been singing that song. All since day. Since we went to get the slow gin. <laughs> we'll try to refrain from singing it on, on air. But if you hear us humming it, that's why. Because we're drinking slow gin And fizz. you're going to hear us with the ice because it's a nice, cold, refreshing drink on a hot summer day. And it's already summer. Summer is fucking here. Oh my god, it's 95 degrees. It's ridiculous. We're setting records here in Alabama for mm. being asshats and for heat. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, but slow gin is good. I like it. Yeah. I've never had it before, and I didn't know what color it was or anything. Right. I don't know. My parents, I guess that's what they drank when they were in college. It was kind of like one of those drinks that you drink and i mean it's <laughs> one of those drinks that you drink <laughs> I, I don't know back in the day uh it's not fancy by any means uh it seems fancy it does seem fancy with this li- lemon wedge stuck and it's I'm, i've usually like again drinking it the country folk way of slow gin with sprite which is basically, we made our own Sprite with uh, club soda and lemon and simple syrup. Oh. Um, so so it's the same thing. It's the same we, thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of a quick and easy. And you can control how much sugar you want in it this way, you which I like better. <clears throat> what this reminds me of is like the Sonic, like, it's like a cherry limeade with liquor in it, mm. which is the best way to drink a cherry limeade. It's the best thing way to drink anything from Sonic, <laughs> actually. <laughs> But not quite as sweet as that, because that, I'm sure that's made of, like, 100% sugar. Right. Uh, but it is good. I'm so glad that you brought it up and, to drink. So Yeah, well, we don't have bartender Courtney with us today. We do not. We're on our own. But she's she's working on ideas uh. actively. We also I also remembered that I have a, uh, a drunk watermelon, like, uh, oh. set. And we were talking about that this morning. We're like, we have to do that sometime during the summer. We have to make oh, a drunk absolutely. watermelon and do it on the show. And then Randy's like, well, can you eat on the show? I thought like the sound of eating was Gross. something people didn't like. And I was like, <laughs> I do don't you like eat it. those or do they just dissolve into vodka? And he's like, no, you eat those. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe before. Yeah, maybe we'll pregame on some drunk watermelon. <laughs> That's right. And then whatever's left of the juice, we'll just be like, yeah. Or we could just like use like whatever's left. Yeah. As a juice and maybe a little like toothpicks and get fancy with it <laughs> that would some vodka fancy. it's got to have a toothpick with a flag on it right um well so, yes a lot has happened i know because it's been a week and a half it's since been a week recorded. and a half i know we came down to the basement and we're like god we hadn't been down here in like months i it know seems it feels like. so good to be down here <laughs> it is nice and cool we can like pause and go to the bathroom whenever we need to amazing (laughs) which is amazing but i've got to tell you i had such a blast at the live show i did too that was so much fun (laughs) and i just want to thank everybody that came out on a tuesday night to come see us like all of our friends and all the people um that we don't know who came out and we were just like it's just it's shocking to yeah, me yeah it was we were we were surprised and mm-hmm. the peerless was a bit surprised so, with how many people yes. showed up <laughs> yes christy was like i didn't know that there were going to be this many people i was not prepared <laughs> i will be prepared next time so maybe and, we'll... and it's it was good for them because as we left she was like call me <laughs> so. <laughs> yes so we uh, we would like to do it again. We've had enough people saying, I missed it. I would like to come. So yes. um, we're going to be talking to her about maybe quarterly, I'm thinking, like maybe yeah, quarterly that's every few months. Yeah, every yeah, I think once a month is maybe a little too much. Yeah. Because um, it is it is extra, yeah, to get all the equipment and everything back right. and forth and, and all that mess for us and, you know. Right. We and and we do want to build up a little bit of a here. crowd. So. Yes. Anticipation. And we sold T-shirts and, like... 
we pretty much like sold half of the t-shirts that we had. Yes. Um, which was amazing. And we want to try to throw the rest of the t-shirts up online. So we have a limited supply of our first run Strange South logo t-shirts that I'll put up. It's like white logo on black t-shirt. And, and Patrice is already working on awesome other like yes. graphics and things that look amazing. I know. I'm so excited. I love futures. doing this stuff. Yes. I love doing this stuff. So, um, if you're wanting a t-shirt, sign up for our mailing list. Go to our website. It'll do a little pop-up. Throw your email in there. Or if it doesn't throw the pop-up, there's like a little thing on the side. That says newsletter. Do that because we're going to let the people in our mailing list know first when the t-shirts go on, to, on sale. Because we only like literally have like maybe... 14 left and, and the sizes are and the sizes like the popular sizes are going to go fast mm-hmm, very very fast so but you have to be on the mailing list so that you know when those go on the website yeah and then and then we'll make more later oh, and that'll be yeah, good too will. but these will be the only like these first are limit, run limited right, edition limited ones edition. and they are super as cool so okay, limited edition yay yay so thank you again for being yes. here and thanks to the peerless and yes. um we love you. Thank you so much. That was so much fun. I hope like everybody that went enjoyed it as well. Oh, and we had like my friend Sarah came dressed yes. as Viola Hyatt. Viola Hyatt. And I didn't catch it until she like she had to tell me, like beat me over the head with it. I'm like, that is amazing. She had the overalls and the plaid shirt and her hair done up. It was so flipping and, cool. Yeah, it was amazing. So shout out to Sarah for being such a badass and dressing up. <laughs> yes. That is awesome. <laughs> Go all the way. All the way. Uh, let's see. So live show. Oh, listener lore. Oh my God. I can't wait to hear it. Oh my God. So I talked to my friend Rebecca, who I mentioned um, in a previous episode, I think at the live show, actually. Yeah, you mentioned at the live show. Uh, who's had like, she's right now being haunted by a little boy. And yeah, and her husband and, and I, I got to talking about it because her husband just recently saw the little boy and he was standing in the kitchen with him, basically. But oh I called God. her up and I hadn't talked to Rebecca. She's moved up like north. She lived in New Hampshire and then they moved to New York. So it's been, I don't know, 10 years, nine years. Um, it's been a it's been a minute. And so called her. And of course, she's one of those kind of people that it's like it was yesterday that you saw her and, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, just immediately went into conversation. But Rebecca is a fucking lightning magnet <laughs> for the supernatural. I truly believe this after listening to all the shit that she's gone through. And she's very matter of fact. And she's a non-believer, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And, and she kept saying during the thing, she's like, you know, she's like, I kind of taunt them. And I'm like, you know, come on, motherfucker, kind of thing like that. She's like, uh-huh. but then when something happens, I'm like, I take it back, I take it back. <laughs> I didn't oh mean my it. God. I didn't mean it. But she's like, and I continuously do it. She's like, I just don't really. And I think it's because she doesn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, she really, she, she can't place what exactly is going on. But I have an hour long talk with her going through her list of like everything that she's been through. And there is a recording that her and her husband, Kevin did of a presence that was in their house oh my in God. Mississippi. And you can hear it on the recording and hopefully it, I haven't like gone through and made sure the recording, if it didn't go back, I'll, I'll call them and they'll send it to me. But oh, it just gives me the chills. Uh, I was sitting in a room by myself and I was watching the sunset while I was talking to her and we talked like an hour and a half and so it was like nice and pretty and pretty colors on the sky. And we were talking. It was, I was really enjoying looking out the window while we were talking. And then she kept talking about all this creepy shit. And it got yeah. darker and darker <laughs> and darker. And then I realized I'm fucking sitting by myself in this dark room <laughs> talking to my computer. <laughs> and it's just like, I totally got creeped out. I was like, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Did you? Oh my Did gosh. You have nightmares? No, I actually didn't. Nightmares are getting better. That's good. But she wants to go to New Orleans with us. Oh, my God. She is dying to go. But I don't know if I want to take her because, like I said, she's She's going to bring the shit. She's going to bring the shit. And she's not scared of it where I am like, I am a scaredy cat. You know what? I'd be on board with that, though, because, like, I, I would really like to... 
I don't know. I know that I experienced the weird fucking Claudia like thing right. here with the doll and the breathing. And you and all won't that let shit. me bring my doll back. <laughs> but and I won't. No, she can't come. Um, <laughs> she can't play anymore. As long as it's not clown related, I'd happily have some other like experience right. with something. Because I don't think I would be terrified. But I don't. I've never had You've that. You've got to listen so to some know. of her. Like so. After this, this is the episode twenty two. Um, we're going to post the listener lore during the week that we go to PodX. Mm-hmm. Um, so be sure to listen to listener lore number three, because it's going to be all about Rebecca and just craziness. Yes. And that is next week. And so that's next be week. prepared. Yes. Um, because, yeah, because PodX is next week. And so we're hoping that we'll have like a regular timed show because they're supposed to give us our feed from our live show at PodX. Right. Uh, but we don't know how all that's going to work. So um, right. cross our fingers. We'll cross see. Cross your fingers. But yay. I know. I'm so excited. I like, I'm going to stay here after we record this and listen to this listener lore because I'm fascinated. Yes. Um, so, yes. Um,. Well, shall we? Mm-hmm. I've had stuff like we've been busy in the meet. I, this part of the reason I feel like I haven't been here in forever is because I've legitimately not been in the state. But um, we, Courtney and I, went over to Charleston to do some research and like check out some stuff in Charleston. And um, so I decided to do a Charleston-centric story today. Cool. But um, while we were there, right before we left, we'd been um, our one of our listeners, Molly, reached out to us from Charleston was like, Hey, if you're going to be here, you know, call me up, get a drink. I could tell you where to go. And that's amazing. And she was really awesome. Like the first night we were there, we went out to dinner with her at this really nice play. Uh, really. I mean, it was very cool. It mm-hmm. was the Charleston, like every place you can eat outside and there's, you know, hanging lights and it's just, they really kind of embrace the whole like being outside culture which thank god it wasn't oh. the temperature that it was this right week. it was, it was really still nice. early summer right so we sat out with her and talked to her she's an um she's an archaeologist like a paleo archaeologist oh, and cool. she she taught us about she t- pluff mud which sh- she understands when i say that because it's fascinated with this word it's like the mud at the like at the front of the swamp that looks like it's solid but you step in it and your whole boot gets lost like that has oh, a name that's, i didn't know that that is called pluff mud and pluff i mud? i said it a billion times while I'm, we were there that's like get out of the pluff mud, pluff mud. <laughs> um but yeah so she taught us that and um she was actually she was telling us about a dig that she was on in the city of charleston that i had read up about um there's a performing arts center there and oh, cool. it got renovated in I think it was 2013 and they basically took down the old performing arts center and added a whole bunch of stuff well, when they when they dug up the space for the new foundations they found like something like 40 full sets of human remains oh wow and so of course everything stops and they have to call in special teams and everything like that and um i'll give a link in the show notes to like the national geographic article about this but it was interesting because there was <gasps> wow. a Gullah society leader that came in like a, a researcher and a scholar who came in from you know local from the area and they did dna testing on all these remains oh, and cool. um you know found where they were from and they had even just recently this past fall i think had a um, a presentation that you know they're talking about where they're going to reinter all of these remains and talking about like the, what they've learned about where they're from and so but when we were ta- she was telling me about all this and she's ta- she's saying like you know this is the entire city of Charleston like everywhere you walk you're walking on dead people mm. because there are so many unmarked graves and there are so many graves of enslaved people and that are just you know I have a feeling New Orleans is like that New too. Orleans I'm sure is like mm-hmm. that Savannah was a lot like that like any place where there were large populations of like minority people or marginalized people or enslaved people, you're going to find that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we're talking about hauntings and shit, mm-hmm. God, you know, there's yes. got to be a lot, right? A lot of angry ghosts. Because one of the things about Gullah culture too, is that like hauntings come from improper burial also. Oh, and I so, didn't think about that. You know, I mean, so that would surely count as, right. you know, you build over your shit, you know, but, um, <clears throat> It was weird. That kind of I, I got fixated on that while we were in Charleston because like the their racial history is really complex and kind of depressing, honestly. Like I had I had sure, a rough really mental depressing. health week. Like, yes. <laughs> because um, you know, I was like I loved parts of this like the first performing arts center ever in the US was built there. Not this one that got renovated, but like there's just a little theater. The first the first theater in the United oh, States wow. was built in in Charleston. Okay. It was the oldest municipally supported college was in Charleston. Um 
all this good stuff. And there's this cocktail with a really awesome waitress um, who we met a couple of times. We went to this place called the Gin Joint and um, they had a cocktail called the Madame Zeroni, which if you know what that reference is, extra points. An extra, I mean, that name is amazing. I I know, right? And so this cocktail is like strawberry puree with cognac and this alpine bush fucking liquor and gin. And it's poured over micro time on a giant ice cube that is made of charred onions weird it sounds like it would be either genius or disgusting and i'm it's genius it's fucking life-changing cocktail <laughs> like we got two of them we just like made our way through it slowly mm-hmm. and every time i say the name now i can taste the cocktail oh, courtney's wow. like working her ass off to get this thing like you know figured out so that she can do it herself because i don't think right. i can live without it like that thing oh, was amazing speaking of cocktails real quick mm-hmm. um we were we completely did not do a theme cocktail when we were at the Peerless. Yes. That will be the last time that happens. Because <laughs> from now on, we are going to plan that shit and you'll just have to ask your bartender for the strange south cocktail of the night. That's exciting. I, I bet I bet I bet they would work with us on that. I'm sure they would. They are super cool. Yes, they are. We will do that. Well, so like we did all that stuff and there was super cool stuff about Charleston, but then like the whole, the racial history just kept on coming through. Cause like half of the enslaved people in the United States came through Charleston port. Wow. And there's something like 50,000 indigenous people from the United States got shipped out into slavery in the West Indies from Charleston. Oh, fuck. like I didn't know native. That. I didn't either. Native Americans got shipped into slavery from Charleston to other countries and other places. And so it's like, oh, my God, this is in 1820. They had a state law that like basically made it. No, actually made it an active legislature for you to free your own enslaved people. Like you couldn't just do it. You couldn't do it. They wouldn't let you do it. So, I mean, understand it. Like people had to wear badges, like people who were enslaved had to wear badges saying where they could go. It was like it was like, you know, Jews in the Holocaust. I mean, it was is fucked up. You know, there's a lot of this. So like, I had a really hard time with this stuff when we were there. Cause most of what I was looking at, I was trying to find like, you know, stories from people of color and all the stories were awful. <laughs> you know I mean? But you know, I found stuff like, you know, Robert Smalls, who there's an amazing drunk history about. If you want to look that one up, they did it better than I could have done it. Um, but it's like, and I would love to say that all this stuff is in the past, but then like we went to Emanuel AME Church in Charleston where Dylan Roof shot nine people with his like Confederate flag flying, trying to ignite a race war. And then the fucking state government wouldn't even take down the Confederate flag from their Capitol building when he did it, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. Still, still big problems. So I don't know. That's uh, yay. Exciting way to start the show. But, um, Anyway, I know y'all in South Carolina are fighting the good fight and you're fighting your fight, moving the slow boat and all that shit. Because like they, there's a the city actually offered a formal apology for slavery last year, which was oh, n- wow. new for them. And then they're building like a, an international African-American museum at the Gadsden Wharf where a lot of the like um, shipments of enslaved people came came right. and went. Um, so I'm not trying to trash you, South Carolina. Uh, we... We, we are no, the South. We've got our shit. No We've got to no speak. place. I know, right? right? Look at Alabama this week. I mean, <laughs> we just passed an abortion law so strict that Pat Robertson thinks it's a bad idea. So, I mean, I got I got no place to judge nobody. But um, yeah, anyway. So right. the complex do nature better. of being in the South. Let's all do better. Mm-hmm. So um, when we were in Charleston, I went to lots of places like that. But one place I ended up not going to was a place that I'm going to talk about right oh, now. Oh, crazy. It was the Old City Jail in Charleston. Okay. <clears throat> so um, we didn't end up going there because one of the only ways to access it is through ghost tours. And if you heard me talk about my time in Savannah, you know how I feel about ghost tours. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like everything that I can get. You know, they're going to charge me $30 to go in and all the information they're going to give me is going to be stuff that I can get on the Internet. And it's mm-hmm. all going to be untrue anyways. Right. So I was like, I kind of wanted to see the place, but I'm a cheap bastard and I paid a shit ton of money for those drinks that I was telling you about. And so I didn't end up going to the old city jail. <laughs> but um but uh, so the story that they would have told me if I'd gone to the old city jail is the story of Lavinia Fisher. Um, she's one of the first ones that come up. If you look up like Charleston ghost lore and, and, you know, 
notorious people. Um, So in the early 1800s, Lavinia Fisher and her husband ran a boarding house called the Six Mile House, um, which was outside of Charleston. Now, the story they would have told me at the old city jail goes like this. Lavinia was beautiful. She was charming. She would take her boarders and she would make them comfortable and she would kind of, you know, give them a little extra attention. And then she would offer them a cup of tea to settle Mm -hmm. in. And their tea would be laced with oleander, which would either sedate them to the point where they couldn't move or just kill them. Kill them. Yeah, I thought it was a poison. Fuck. And um, so then they would rob these people. Mm Mm-hmm. And her husband, John, would come up with an axe and butcher them. Holy shit. And according to one of the stories, they were so good at this that they even had like a trap door set in the floor that they could put like Sweeney Todd where they could like pull it and then all the pieces could just go into the cellar. And then one of the stories says that there were like spikes in the cellar and they would pull the trap door and people would fall on the spikes. So um, that's like. It's like everything. It's like Indiana Jones and yeah, like, um, it's like dead murder house. Exactly, it's like murder house. Um, so in 1819, this is the way the story goes. One of their intended victims like escaped and he ran back into the city and told on them. And um, the police came out the next day and they found 30 decomposing bodies in the cellar, or pieces of decomposing bodies. So of course the fishers are arrested, they're tried, they're convicted, and they're sentenced to hang after they have to kind of hang out at the old city jail for a while. Um, now, like, these ghost tours and stuff, they usually call Lavinia America's first serial female serial killer. Okay. Because of the story. Um, and they say that on the day of her execution, she wore her wedding gown to the gallows to invoke sympathy from the crowd. And they even, some of them even say that, like, she was reaching out to people in the crowd asking them to marry her like that would get her some extra and i was like that doesn't make any sense everybody knew she was already married you know it's like but that's part of one of the stories so that she could get some extra sympathy or something like that would save her and um it says that like as her pastor led her in her last rites and like asking her to repent for everything you know so that she can maybe go to heaven after she's hanged she suddenly yells cease i will have none of it save your words for others who want them but if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me and I'll carry it there. Damn. And then she jumps off the platform. Damn. Um, that's like, probably the story they tell at the old city jail. Peace out, bitch. Peace out, bitch. <laughs> She's like, fuck y'all. I'm take my own self to hell. All right. Um, that's the story most people know about Lavinia Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, people. So the ghost tour, the reason that they cover her is because they say that because of her time in the old city jail, you can see her wandering around at night in the jail wearing her wedding gown. Yeah. Um, they like guides and visitors claim to be touched there, tapped on the shoulder. People have said that they felt hands pressing on their face when they're walking through a door, had doors like shut and open on them. Um footsteps people have seen a soldier on the third floor unrelated to lavinia fisher lots of people were in this in this jail um and it had a horrible horrible reputation Mm. um ghost hunters has been to this jail ghost adventures paranormal state so it's the jail that she was kept in this is the jail that she was not the house where she murdered everybody not the house that she murdered people in okay um and, you know, there were other famous people who su- supposedly were kept in this jail, like um, Denmark Vesey, who led one of the what would have probably been a massive slave res- or uh, re- revolt to free people from slavery in Charleston, like just a couple of years after, I think, mm-hmm. after they were there, he was held in the jail. And the 54th Regiment like um, of Massachusetts, which during the Civil War... Like most, I think a bunch of them were killed, but whoever wasn't was taken to the city jail for holding for, there were a lot of POWs that were kept there during the civil war. They were from like the movie glory with like a uh, Denzel Washington and that regiment. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys were apparently held at the city jail, but it had like this really gross history. There were like 14,000 documented deaths at the old city jail, oh, damn. not from executions like that were called for by the courts deaths because they tortured people in the old city jail damn um it was open in 1802 they had an interrogation device in there called the crane of pain which is basically like the rack you know where you Uh tie somebody's limbs and pull them as hard as you can and then when they can't get pulled any port any further you just keep pulling like Mm. that kind of thing yeah Um, although that kind of sounds amazing right now (laughs) my back could use some pulling just taking it patrice needs the crane of pain i I need the crane if you want to send her a gift (laughs) right now but um you know they would they whipped people they flogged people they just you know they would beat them terribly there were ticks lice fleas everywhere Mm. and so you know they would hurt people and then they would send them back to these communal cells and like 
they would get infections and there oh, would yeah. be disease, disease everywhere. And, and, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just nasty. And so, like, lots of people died at, at mm. the old city. And next door to the old city jail, and part of its complex was this worker house for enslaved people called... Um, well, it was colloquially called the sugar house. Mm-hmm. I guess it used to be a sugar warehouse, and then they turned it into a workhouse for, quote, trouble slaves and runaways. And so um, plantation owners who had um, enslaved people who were causing problems for them would say, I'm going to send you down for a little sugar if you don't act right. And so there was a, what was it, Recollections of a Runaway Slave was a, a document that said when you get in there every way you look you can see paddles whips cowskins blue jays and cat nine tails he said the blue jay has two lashes heavy and full of knots it's the worst thing to whip with anybody with anything they have it makes a hole where it strikes and when they have done it'll all be bloody mm-hmm. um so he said that like 24 hours a day they would they would like whip and beat slaves and there was like a grinding floor a threshing floor that was like a big wheel that they would make people push as part of their time there as part of their incarceration there like 24 7 they never let it stop and so people would get tired and they would fall and their they were limbs would get caught under the wheels and they would either be you know what is wrong they would lose limbs or they would die under there but they never stopped the wheel so that parts of people went into the corn ground ground corn that was taken Uh, off the floor and they then fed that to the people who were at the sugar house and uh, at the jail so i mean it was fucked up there i mean absolutely fucked up um so it's i was like i have no doubt that if suffering creates ghosts there are Mm -hmm. ghosts in Mm -hmm. that place right but lavinia fisher may not be one of them definitely not the way that they think they see her there right because like in in 2010 there's a book released by a retired criminal investigator. His name is Bruce Orr. And um, he argues based on original documents that um, the only part of the story about Lavinia Fisher and her husband that's true is her last words. That is the only part that's actually right. Oh, wow. He says, according, according to him, the area around Charleston, there were like highwaymen all over the place oh, yeah. in Charleston. So this idea of having people, you know, robbing folks on the road, which is what they said the Fishers were doing, you know, that's that's not uncommon. Of course, there were people right. doing that. Um, but um, he said the people of Charleston, like they decided they had had enough of these highwaymen and they, for some reason, connected them with the inn that the Fishers run, the Six Mile House, mm-hmm. and the inn that was one mile closer to Charleston, which was called the Five Mile House, which was run by a man named William Hayden. I know, really creative, right? Very literal. Very literal. Because <laughs> um, and it was like four, five, six, and seven. They went like all the way up. These and it was like a it was like a community tavern, basically, in a boarding mm-hmm. house. Um, and so he says. Um, that people in town assumed or got the idea, which he he thinks the idea was planted in their heads, that these two taverns had something to do with the highwaymen who were robbing oh. people on the roads. And somebody, like, got the people up into a fervor, and they formed a mob, and they mm. rode out of Charleston to take care of this themselves, because clearly they didn't think that the public, the law enforcement was, you know, solving the problem of the highwaymen on the right. roads. Um so they got to five mile first because it's a mile closer <laughs> to the city. <laughs> and, um, and they found people there and they were like, get the fuck out. Like, there's robbers here. Mm-hmm. And William Hayward, who ran the place, is like, this is my house. Mm-hmm. So no. And he fought them and they ended up beating him, pushing him out and they burned the fucking place to the ground. Oh, my God. So then they continue on to Six Mile House. And... um there were people there that John and Lavinia were both there. Um, and there were a bunch of other people, but they were like, they had already like seen the smoke in the air and they were like, okay, fuck this. Like I'm out. Like Mm -hmm. they vacated Mm -hmm. and the mob leaves this guy in the house named David Ross, who like, he's supposed to stop them from coming back in. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind, this is not like, this is their, they own the place, you know, they they have a right to be on the property. Right. Um, So John and Lavinia come back and they find this dude sitting in their house telling them they can't come in and they also can't get anything of their own, of their property Mm -hmm. to come out or their money. Because, you know, that's like their livelihood. So everything they have is in here. And he's telling them they can't have it. Mm -hmm. So they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, as I would too. Exactly. And they chase him out. Um, The affidavit says that Lavinia pushed Ross's head through a window pane. (laughs) Like she was not to be (laughs) fucked with. (laughs) 
Um, but uh, so, you know, he's squatting on their property. They chase him off and he mm-hmm. takes off back towards town. Mm-hmm. Right after this, there's another guy who comes up. His name is John Peoples, who wants to, like, water his horse. And he gets into an argument with a kid who like, purported, like, supposedly works at the inn, who has a bucket and is trying to take it out to help him water the horse. And this guy's like, no, I want to do it myself. But the kid says no, because it's not free to water your horse at a boarding house. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just walk up and take their stuff. This is, they right. would charge for this. Right. And he gets into an argument. And then, like, John and Lavinia, and, like, according to this guy, eight or nine other people come out of the inn with, like, sticks and shit to beat the shit out of him. Because mm-hmm. he's fighting with this kid over a water bucket. Right. Um, he goes back to town. He says that they robbed him and beat him. Mm-hmm. He goes back to town. And does a sworn affidavit with the sheriff. The sworn affidavit is not in his handwriting. Oh. Mm-hmm. And his name is spelled two different ways throughout the affidavit. And though he clearly states that he did not know the people who attacked him, like he didn't know them by sight, he didn't know their names. In different handwriting, again, at the end of his affidavit, there's a list of people mm-hmm. that they're going to go arrest because of this. So the sheriff takes a crowd back up to Six Mile House after hearing this, arrests the Fishers and several other people, and then the sheriff burns Six Mile House to the ground. And they haven't had a trial or anything. He just burns the fucking place down. So here's the thing. The land that those two inns sat on was land that the governor of South Carolina, John Gettys, really wanted because he thought it would be a good place for a U.S. naval base. And he had bid for one. What a coincidence. And he thought that it would be positioned right there. So Mm. it's not far-fetched that he would resort to shit like this, because he had already done an illegal land grab in the Florida Keys. He's already... This is his M.O. Like, he's an asshole. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't care that people are going to lose their livelihood or their lives for this. He wants this naval base for Charleston. The other thing is, the sheriff who burned down the inns is up for re-election this year. And he's got all these highwaymen terrorizing mm-hmm. the outcountry and hasn't done anything about it. Mm-hmm. And with this one sweeping gesture that he can make in collusion with the governor, right. he can be the hero of the town. Right. And Even he'll though get he him hasn't re-elected, solved the problem. And, and he'll it, doesn't, get him, exactly. it doesn't matter. Like, people get robbed afterwards because he's already been elected. He's already been elected, you know. And so, and he, he made the news, right? right. So the Fishers were elect- were arrested because of this guy who had the fight about the water bucket, mm-hmm. John Peoples. He- they were arrested because of him, but they were charged with the assault and attempt to murder of David Ross, the guy who squatted in their inn, mm. you know, to stop them from coming well, back Well, and it would have been totally within their rights to shoot him dead if he exactly. was Exactly. It was their constitutional right to do mm-hmm. that. Colonial- the-, the-, the author, like, makes a big point about saying, like, colonial justice is rougher than constitutional justice. Um, but uh, so... The charge that's more likely to hold the death penalty is the one that they get charged with, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough. All right. Um, Well, I mean, it kind of sounds at this point that they, why are they even trying to justify anything? I know. You know. And they they really jump through hoops, too. Like the guy, the state engineer who um, was responsible for scoping out sites for the Navy base happened to be sitting on their jury when they had their trial. Um, and the jury that convicted then John and Lavinia Fisher for assault. But um, so they were found guilty and their lawyer appealed. But um, and they were sent to jail waiting for for the court to convene again. Um, and John Fisher claimed that the sheriff had he, he wrote a letter to like the newspaper saying that the sheriff had rigged the lineup when um, that when John People came in or John Peoples came in and ID'd the people who had attacked him, there was somebody sitting behind a curtain who was whispering to him when what the names were when he saw the people come in. So like that was completely rigged, according to John Fisher mm-hmm. and by the sheriff. Um, the court reconvened. Their appeal was rejected. They were sentenced to hang anyway. And um so the people who owned the inns, John and Lavinia and William Hayward, they were the only three people who were con- who were even charged and then convicted and sentenced to death over this thing that they said was like nine or ten people responsible for. The only people they bothered to go after were the people who actually mm-hmm. owned the land. Mm-hmm. And um, all of them com- proclaimed their innocence the entire time. And when they went to the scaffold, Lavinia basically like lost her shit because yeah. she'd been, she was 28. Oh my God. And he was 29. And they were like, they were wearing, they were wearing white gowns over their clothes, but she didn't have a wedding gown. And, um, she, uh, if she had, it would have been burned up yeah. in her, in I her house. She like 
hexed and jinxed and I swear cursed all <laughs> those people well and she like she reached out to mercy for people in the crowd which is where that story comes oh she was trying to get people to marry her she was mm-hmm. reaching out she was asking them to like is intervene their fucking common sense exactly um she was convinced right up till the end she said that she would get a pardon because the governor would not hang a white woman mm. was what she said and Only white women with land he wants exactly well and there was another interesting aside too that Orr found he had tried to look into the genealogies of all the people because there was a lot involved in like why you know read the book if you're interested in all that stuff but um lavinia may very well not have been a white woman because there isn't a genealogical record for her and the only reference that bruce Orr could find was the sale of an enslaved woman from the fishers to an uncle um who is out of town a woman whose name was lavinia which is not a normal it's not a common name right and um, if she did what many enslaved people do, she would have taken the name of the family that she lived with. Right. And that would have made her Lavinia Fisher. Hmm. And his assumption is that um, John fell in love with her and they tried to separate them by sending her away. And um, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And they got back together and she basically lived as his common law wife that right. entire time. Yeah. And um, running a successful business. Running a successful business. Yes. So she did say those things when she was on the scaffold and because she was fucking pissed well, because yeah. she hadn't done I mean, anything wrong. Yes. And um, greedy man. Yeah. So um, the governor in the end, they, they, they did hang them. They both died. The governor did not get his naval base. He was passed over after all that work he had put into it. Uh-huh. Years and years later, they did build a naval hospital on the spot where Six Mile House stood, but there was no evidence of a cellar foundation. There was no cellar under the house. There was no evidence of 40 people's butchered bodies. Mm-hmm. They had not killed people. Um, so if Lavinia haunts the jail, it is not in her wedding dress because she didn't have one. Right. Um, but innocent ghosts, I guess, would probably be even more insistent than guilty ones. Uh, you so, would think, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's the story of Lavinia Fisher. That did not end how I thought it would. No. That's sad. <laughs> that was as good as I could do. I was so sad and trusted. That is so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Oh, man. Let's take a break real quick. Let's do. And we're back. That sounded so radio of you. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Today we want With to the strange south. The strange south. <laughs> so before we get started, when we were making our second round of um, slow gin fizz, mm. uh, you mentioned that you forgot to say box fan Chad. Um, yes, for... I didn't do my box fan Chad segment yet. Right. So let's go ahead and do it before. You want to go started. ahead and do it? Yeah. Yeah, because I I didn't do it at the live show either. So my box fan Chad segment is like a week behind. He sent me messages about Robert Johnson after your story. Right. Which was, again, amazing. (laughs) Um, But uh, he was telling me about um, somebody that he used to work with. He was trying to help this guy get into permanent housing in in his situation. He was a veteran. And um, he was a paranoid schizophrenic. And nobody else could really work with this guy Mm -hmm. but um chad was talking to him and noticed that the guy had a robert johnson tattoo on his arm and so he he knew about that story from when he was a kid he's known about it forever he was always fascinated with it he said and so um he started talking and he bonded with this guy over it so he was able to work with this guy Mm -hmm. partly because of that you know that in they had through that tattoo and he said the guy was hyper religious and he started he like took the conversation from robert johnson to like talking to angels and you know stuff like that and um he he said it was just like it was it ended up being an end to like how disturbed this this guy was but um he said one day he walked into his his apartment and the guy had obviously just gone off his meds and had destroyed it and had drawn devils and demons all over the walls and the picture of the crossroads um so uh you know it's it was that was just as interesting like he's always got something he's always Mm -hmm. got a connection to it but he'd also said um he was asking if we had ever seen a documentary called the devil and daniel johnston have you ever heard of that i've heard of it but i've never watched it because he he was like recommending that we all sit down and and watch that because he he said it's not like he said it was really interesting i guess it's about like the musician daniel johnston who is a bipolar okay and it's about like 
his kind of struggle with mental health issues and things mm-hmm. like that and how that kind of translates into his music and impacts stuff like that. So anyways, that was his recommendation from oh, that. So wow. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss my my box fan Chad segment because no. I missed it last week and he's always got something cool to say. Yes, that is amazing. I have a paranoid schizophrenic story as well, but I'll save that. Um, Got to stay on your meds. Yeah. <laughs> say. Meds are good. That's what man. There are a couple people that I have to text on a regular basis and just say like, hey, yep. take your meds. Yes. <laughs> and then I expect them to do the same for me. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Because, I mean, you get life and it's like you're talking to me. I'm like, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. And so I do that. And then, you know, I wonder like several weeks later while I'm feeling like I don't want to ever leave the bed mm-hmm. kind of deal. And it's because I got in the habit of not taking my meds. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. It is. To just skip. So mental health awareness. Take your meds. Take your meds. Set alarm. Take your meds. Okay. Anyway. So, after your notoriously <laughs> disturbing and gross-ass story <laughs> um, during the live show, which, if you have not listened to, it is amazing story that Marlea told, but it is Don't so eat while you're t- <laughs> fucking disturbing and gross, and I seriously was like, I was having issues. And I have a generally, series of five photos of Patrice making faces on stage. <laughs> I am generally not squeamish, but I don't know. That story got to me. And again, it's because I was rolling footage in my head. Oh, no. The movie in your mind the betrayed you. The movie in my mind. <laughs> necrophilia was going. It was horrible. Mm, mm. It was horrible, which has had me gagging. Oh, God. Oh, I won't tell you the other thing I learned about it after then. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> No, uh-uh, no, okay. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. okay, thank you. I got to get through this. So I want to keep it light. I was like, I got to do something that's a little thank bit light. Thank God, because I did not. <laughs> something that's, you know, a little bit more fun to talk about. Uh, no persecuted people, no people being like just complete jackasses to each other. <laughs> it's like I had to clear all that. Um, but what I want to talk about is actually this Choctaw folklore, mm. and there's a lot of fucking words I'm going to mispronounce, but I don't <laughs> care. I'm going to say them, and that's how I'm going to say them, and I apologize to, you know, the Choctaw Nation <laughs> about this, okay? <laughs> we'll make a meme of it later. <laughs> so, this is about the Nalusa Falaya. Wow, you yes. just started right strong with that. Uh, yes, that's probably going to be the only thing I can fucking pronounce. <laughs> and it may not sound the same way every time. So if you don't know, the Choctaw people, um, they're Native American people that originally occupied much of the southeast U.S., which is modern day Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, and Louisiana. They are like, fuck off Georgia. I don't, I don't know why they didn't <laughs> say Georgia, but Georgia is excluded. They just went straight to Florida. And whatnot. Uh, Choctaw language. Uh, it belongs to the Mos- the Muskegon language family, which that name sounds very familiar, the Muskegon hmm. um, language family group. And, of course, they're descendants of the Hopewell culture. Oh, you've talked about that. Which we talked about um, with Witch's Dance off the Natchez Trace. Mm-hmm. And they were mound builders. They built all these mounds. And... Um, they actually built a huge mound about 1,700 years ago called the uh, Nani Waya. Nani Waya. <laughs> Nani Waya. Just is, commit. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I committed on the last one. Can I ask you, what are the mounds for? Is that part of what you're going to describe? Um, I will on this one. Um, some of, I think some of them were tombs. I think some of them they actually lived in, like they dug into the mounds and it was like their huts. Mm-hmm. There's a place down in Jackson, Mississippi, like a village that you can go in um, that if I remember correctly. I'm really kind of kicking myself in the ass for not being more aware of this mm. when I was younger and really explore the culture of the place that I was living in because it's so rich, so rich with so many cultures that... 
it's kind of mind boggling that I didn't recognize it, but I guess because, you know, you live mm-hmm. in the place, it's not that big of a deal to yeah. you, right? But this is this great earthwork mound that is in central present day um, Mississippi, and it's it's someplace that is very sacred for them, um, the Choctaw people. Uh, there is a Choctaw reservation that is um, in the counties, like around Neshoba, which is kind of central Mississippi. And they, you know, they have events like the Neshoba County Fair. I've never been to, but the Neshoba County Fair is like a big fucking deal for a lot of people. Like people go down there and they'll build like shanties and cabins that are like amazing on this fair. I mean, to go every year to stay there because it's supposed to be like this really huge thing. And I believe, and again, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm kind of speaking from what I kind of remember, which is fuck all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But they go down there and it's like this fantastic um, county fair. And there are Choctaw people there. And um, just, it's really great. It's it's very like lively and rich in culture and uh, just a colorful experience, basically. Um. So, but this mound that they built, which really, again, fuck all is going to be my word. (laughs) Fuck all to do with what I'm talking about. I just thought it was like really interesting um, that they considered this place like really sacred. But this is just in Mississippi. There's Choctaw people um, in Louisiana and Alabama and Florida and and whatnot. Uh, They do, like all Native American tribes, they do have a very strong oral history. And this is where this folklore comes from uh one of the things that the choctaw do believe in they believe that every person has both a shalom bish which is an outside shadow and a shalop which is an inside shadow okay so upon death the shalop is said to go to the land of the ghost and the shalom bish believes to hang around on earth Oh, so it's like their inside shadow goes like to heaven. Mm-hmm. Their outside shadow stays on earth. Wow. And this kind of doesn't really dr- directly relate, but maybe can kind of explain about the the, the Nalalusha Falaya. Which is also called the long evil being. Oh. Oh. So the Nalusha Falaya somewhat resembles a man. It walks upright. It has a shriveled face Uh. and very small eyes. Oh, God. It has long pointy ears and a long nose. And to me, when they're describing it, it sounds a lot like an anorexic werewolf. (laughs) Like, it really does. But that's terrifying. Though. It's supposed to be. There's pictures, like, people have done artwork on this, and it is horrifying looking. And it's very dark. It's like dark shadows, right? This is where the shadow parts come in. It's supposed to hang out around dense woods near swamps, um, well away from populated areas. And <laughs> in some aspects, it resembles. <laughs> The Kashihota uh, Palo. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> which is a Choctaw legend. I'm so sorry, Choctaw people. Um, and it literally means woman call. So there's this other entity out there that's supposed to sound like a woman calling or a woman screaming. Oh, God. Um, that this uh, anorexic werewolf legend of the Choctaw people is supposed to resemble. Sorry about that. So wait, the the woman's call is another Choctaw, did you say? It's another it's another legend. Gotcha. But they're kind of closely related. All right. Ugh. So it's the little tiny eyes like descriptor that really mm-hmm. that's that's in. one that sticks with you. Oh man. Okay. So near dusk, it usually comes out. Often when hunters are in the woods or far from home. And it's at that time of day, and honestly, this is my favorite time of the day, especially like late summer. Um, we have like an Indian summer 
where it's just we always have Indians. I mean, it's hot until like October, mm-hmm. but the sun has moved. So during the evenings, we get those really long shadows. Everything is like this really spectacular lighting. And it's like the best time to go out and paint. Like if you do plain air painting. Oh, yeah. Because what do they call it? The golden hour? Is yeah, that... it's like the golden hour. So yeah. this is when this thing comes out. And uh, because it needs the good light. It doesn't. It only wants light. to be seen in its best light. <laughs> best light. Exactly. Um and so the Nalusa Falaya will come forth and it is like majorly ninja. <laughs> and it sneaks up on the hunter. And sometimes it'll even turn into a sn- It won't turn into a snake, but it'll get on its belly and slither up. Oh, shit. Towards the hunter. And it doesn't talk in a woman's voice. It talks in a man's voice. So it says something to the hunter like... Hey, Joe, what do you know? <laughs> I don't know what it says. <laughs> but he comes up and he says something Your to the hunter. <laughs> That's a good one. Your flies down. Uh, but it, like, it comes up and it says something to him. And the hunter turns around. And it says that the hunters become so affected that they become unconscious. Okay, they faint. Yeah. They like, like, they turn around and it scares the shit out of them and they pass out. <laughs> Pussies. And so, wow. Yeah, wow. I'm going to read this. This is from um, one of the books that was like written in 1910 um, about this. And it's like, while the hunter is thus prostrate on the ground, it approaches and sticks a small thorn uh. into its hand or foot. And by doing so, bewitches the hunter and transmits him the power of doing evil to others. Oh, shit. I, I wasn't. I thought there was kind of a date rape thing going on. Yeah. There for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it kind of, you know, this is what this is what the Choctaw told their children to like scare them straight i don't know so oh man (laughs) so it makes so it gives them it makes them like do bad things to other people yes and so it's kind of like the devil made me do it shit but it's more like they didn't know that they had the thorn or that they've been infected because um i think they don't remember being scared by the creature so they Mm. wake up they're on the ground and they're like what the fuck was that and they get up, and then all of a sudden they go home and punch grandma. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and so they're like, sorry, grandma, evil thorn made I, me do it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I got a thorn. <laughs> Let me pull it out. I won't do it again. See, thorn's gone. We're good. Um, so, anyway, like I said, um, the Nalusha Falaya uh, is what Choctaw kind of you know would tell their children as kind of a precautionary tale although the precautionary tale for the hunters i don't really get other than maybe that's an excuse like when they go out and they come back home and they like do punch grandma in the face (laughs) but also and this is another kind of complex i don't understand how this works so the nalusa falaya has many children so I don't know, like, who's the female, who's the, how, how does the procreation go with this legend? The anorexic werewolf is non-binary. It doesn't. I, <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. Um, however, uh, when the children are quite young, they um, possess, like, a different kind of power than when they get older. <laughs> and this power... Um, when it, again, when it turns nighttime, they have the power to remove their viscera. Vis- viscera. Like, so what they viscera, they remove their, their guts. Skin? Oh, their guts. They can remove their guts. Why? To lighten their load. <laughs> I totally wish <laughs> I had just, the power to remove my guts. Is that at just night. like they poop a lot? <laughs> no, I think they remove their entrails. Like literally remove their entrails. Ew. And it lightens them up. And um, they're only seen at night. And after they do this, the only part that's visible is their heart, which glows. Oh, and my th- God. They're like those little fish. They're like baby fish. You can <laughs> see their insides. <laughs> and then they can move about. Um, and this glowing heart that you see um, is usually like right above the surface of the waters in the marshes. And it can move short distances. And they are called the 
Hashok Okwa Huiga. Okay. Okay. And other folklore call them Willow the Wisp. Nuh-uh! And so this is kind of, this is supposed to be the uh, Nala Sha what a falala. His children. Falala. It's supposed to be his children. Right. But of course, you know, we the know that. The Wisp. That's, that's Celtic, the, right? Is it? Well, it's all, it's all your, like, there's many cultures that have stories about the Will of the Wisp mm-hmm. because it's a phenomenon that happens in yeah. marshlands where there's like bioluminescence yeah. um, from like with it methane or something that's released from the swamp so they have like a scientific you know but um you know back in the day they're having to explain why there's shit glowing on top of the water and so this just kind of adds and since this um nalusa falaya lives around the swamp areas it makes sense that this is where he would breed and that would be his children but uh, <laughs> I'm really not sure how we get to the removing your entrails and glowing heart part. It lightens like the load. Just, They're just kind of like, like we're going that's to a like detailed expression this of... out, and then we just become translucent, and all you can see is my glowing heart. Do they hurt people? They lure travelers. So when you see one, you're oh, supposed well, to yeah. um, turn your back to them and ignore them. Oh, oh, who's because gonna do that? You're gonna it, be yeah. like, wait, what? what? Get my camera. And and if it runs, it, what it does is it lures people either into the swamp or it lures them and makes them go into circles and they get lost in the swamp. And then dad can come. And then dad, dad comes and taps them come. on the shoes like, hey Joe, what do you know? <laughs> he's gonna stick you with his evil thorn um (laughs) that's the best euphemism ever he's gonna stick you with his evil thorn he's gonna stick you with his evil thorn evil Uh, okay so back to kind of our main talking about you know this folklore about the nalusha falaya I'm never gonna get that name right. Uh, you've done it consistently. I know the same it's, way, it's because I'm trying. I'm trying to. It's very, it's very <laughs> hard for me. Uh, there's really no modern details. I mean, the Choctaw told these stories to their children as precautionaries, uh, because this creature was known to change shapes and sometimes like crawl on its belly like a snake. And they said, you know, if you're going to cross a river and you step on a log, it may disappear. Uh, and it may be this creature tricking you so that you will get swept into the river. Mm. So it's like kind of a cautionary tale. And it's also a cautionary tale. It's like, don't go off by yourself. Always mm-hmm. travel in groups. Otherwise, this dark, evil thing with its pointy thorn is going to get <laughs> you. With its pointy thorn. Pointy, pointy. Um, so I was looking for, like, you know, is there some modern day accounts of this? And I did find something... Um, this guy talking on YouTube, telling the story about this creature. And um, and what happened was, and, and it's kind of like told, like, this guy that I know, told his dad told him this. And so uh, the guy was in his trailer, and I don't, I think it may have been in Louisiana. And he looked outside, and he saw a very tall person standing in his yard. And he's kind of like, what the fuck? So he goes outside to kind of go, what the fuck? And uh, when he goes out there, he doesn't really see any, like, features of the person. But it was, like, total blackness. It was, like, a void of blackness where he was looking at this thing. And it was, like, way taller than him. And he was like, fuck no. Mm -hmm. So he runs back into the house and it scares the shit out of him. He locks all the doors and... He stays there in his house and he keeps hearing things outside and he's just like praying and doing whatever he can, like, please, you know, don't come in here. And so it gets to be morning. The noises have stopped. He goes outside and he doesn't see the tall being there anymore. However, all the way around his trailer, it looks like somebody has either been dragging a body oh my god or either somebody was slithering Slithering. on their stomach all the way around the house so that is like the only really modern day uh story that i've heard about this entity oh creepy 
very creepy. However, there has been a connection between the Nalusa Falaya and the modern concept of the shadow people. Shadow people, you see those when you stay up too late. And so I've read a bunch of stories on the shadow people and, well, not a whole bunch, like maybe all of two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) My two minute research search on them. I know. (laughs) Extensive research. But in regards to this Choctaw legend, um, where they were making this connection, and really the stories that I heard had to do, they were all from the bedroom. So they were all about They seeing, were all from the bedroom? Yeah, they were all about like being asleep oh, or being oh, okay. in bed I'm and sorry. seeing. <laughs> I misunderstood. <laughs> and seeing like a dark figure um, in their room or a shadow person in their room. Well, I mean, we all know that a lot of times this happens with sleep paralysis. Yeah. And all of this other stuff is like outside near swamp area. Uh, so I was kind of like really dis counting that as being who this creature is uh and like i said it still goes into sleep paralysis although i do think there are some stories out there about people seeing shadow people and that's really funny because there's also like shadow hat people wait what yeah there's like people who see shadow people with hats and trench coats oh So something I may look into later on, but that was really the closest I can find as modern day stories to this Choctaw legend. However, there have been werewolf sightings in Wisconsin. There's, there's, there's currently like this huge thing up in Wisconsin about this werewolf that a lot of people have seen. And again, being the anorexic werewolf, that is like the closest connection I can make to it. And I don't think, Wisconsin has a lot of swamps. Weird. So it was like, like right now, people. Yeah, America. right now. Like you can look up the Wisconsin werewolf oh, and weird. there's like several stories about it. And it's on this particular road. And I think they named them off of the road. I can't remember. Actually, there's like something on Netflix maybe about it hmm. that I saw recently. Um, again, I don't really, you know, remember it. Uh, but so I was thinking, okay. Not really a whole lot of, like, eyewitness accounts to talk about, or at least none. Like, we don't have any eyewitness stories that I know of or that was, like, on the internet from the Choctaw people. However, I was like, man, I've heard something or about evil thorns. I like... (laughs) 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 It wasn't from my grandmother. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Beware (laughs) the evil thorns men try to stick in you. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my gosh. But I was like, I remember seeing like either an old movie or an old horror movie or something having to do with like um, somebody being possessed. And it was because of like something like a splinter or something that was stuck into him or whatever. And so I looked that up. I looked up Evil Thorn. And Did you end up on a porn site again? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have been surprised, though. <laughs> it was the goth porn site. <laughs> so um, there's so much folklore around evil thorns. And they are supposedly come from the black thorn tree, which grows all over Europe. I mean, oh. That may be like an over-exaggeration, but it grows in Europe. And it's supposed to have magical and medicinal qualities about it. And the berries of the black thorn tree are also called slow berries. Nah. And it's where slow gin comes from. No shit. <laughs> so that was my really weird, bizarre connection. <laughs> after the fact, after you were telling us that we were having slow gin fizzes today on the yeah, show. Yeah, because that was totally my idea. Slow right, gin it fizz. was. And I was like, what's slow even mean? And she's explaining it to me. <laughs> right. And it's this berry that on its own tastes like crap. And it comes from the black thorn tree. And it's used to make slow gin. And it's also been said to be the evil thorn. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Does that mean that this is an aphrodisiac? (laughs) I don't know. Just watch out for them evil thorns tonight. Evil thorns. And that is my story of the Nalusa Faya La La La. Well done. (laughs) It's done. I don't know if it's well done. It is well done. I feel better now. 
Yes. <laughs> but that was kind of fun. And it, you know, I, I love these old folklore tales um, because they are kind of cautionary tales. And then they're also kind of just like way out there. You can just see like, you know, some elder having so much fun just scaring the shit out of the little kids. It's <laughs> like, you know, don't go messing around with them boys. <laughs> oh, my God. It's you know what, though? I swear like that, that movement based descriptor Ooh, of yes. because I've had n- the number of people that have come up to me and said, like, Mr. Spaghetti Arms still haunts my dreams. That's the feeling that I had when you were talking about, like, getting down yes. on its belly and, like, moving like a snake. Like, that's the mm. that's oh, creepy. Ah. Yes. No, mm. Definitely. So thank y'all for listening. Thank you for listening. And again, we will be at PodX next week and hopefully letting you listen to our live whatever that we do while we're there. Right. The week after. Is it the week after? That we will release the PodX. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. So two weeks from now, here are PodX praying that it goes okay. If you're in Nashville, hit us up. Yeah. Or around Nashville or wanting to go. Absolutely. We were hoping to do brunch before our show, but that doesn't look likely because we have to register at like 830. Yeah, register and do the opening ceremony speak yeah, thing. Yeah, so lame. It is lame. There is an oddity shop. I do want to go up there. And yes. again, I can't fucking remember the name of it, but it's like the really goth looking oddity shop. It's probably like Nashville oddities or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it was that, I would remember the name. It, it's something... Um, Again, I can't remember. Fuck. I don't know. But if you know it, let us know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hit us up. So thank y'all for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thestrangesouthpodcast.com or on our website, thestrangesouth.com. Yes. Thank you. What I was trying to get you to say the other day at the show, when I was doing the uh, pop popsicle, oh yeah, Mike Mikesicle, Mike Mikesicle. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get you to say. Um, now I can't even remember. This it. is what happened last time. <laughs> it was. It is. It is horrible. I kept saying it, and you wouldn't say it. And I was like, she knows what I'm trying to get her to say. No, I had no idea. I was like, yeah. what? Um. <clears throat> Mike Mikesicle Bike bicycle, bicycle Pop popsicle Test <laughs> Test Testicle <laughs> Oh my god I'm so slow <laughs> I was trying I'm so slow oh, I kept stopping on I'd go Mike Mikesicle Pop popsicle You know And then I'd go test And you'd just look at me I'm like She knows I'm trying to get her to say that Why isn't she saying it <laughs> I totally didn't I'm not that smart I was like <laughs> I did not know. Next time, I will totally say testicle. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't figure you had an issue. Testicle.